All right, well, welcome on my next guest. We've got NFL Hall of Famer, 11-time Pro Bowl left tackle, Willie Rove. Willie, how's everything going? Great. How you doing, man? Trying to stay safe. Yeah, I am. I am. It's, I'm waiting for this heat this heat wave to end. I'm getting tired of that. Like, I like some cool weather. Where are you located? I, I'm in the D.C. area, so, but it's just been like humid and 100, and I'm like... Gotcha, yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm in I'm in Florida, so at least I get a breeze. You know, yeah. we get a breeze. It's rain. It started raining right now, so the last couple of days have been nice because it's been a great breeze and it's been uh, a little overcast and raining in the afternoon. So I'll take it. Are, are people starting to be more safe there? I know the cases were getting pretty high. The younger people really, man, they uh, they're trying to get out and hang out. They're not really worried about it. You know, my daughter just finished high school and they get out and hang out, and then the next thing you know, they're going home with their parents and stuff. So, you know, uh, my daughter, we're, we're too far north. Uh, she's in Jupiter, so she likes hanging out with her little friends. But she's going to LSU next year, so. Oh, cool. Hopefully she stays safe, but, you know. Definitely. Yeah, no, because I know, I know the governor of Maryland was saying today that apparently um, they have more cases of people under the age of 35 than over. And I'm like, yes. this is insane. It's insane. Because they're hanging out. Yeah. It's, I think and then a lot of them are wearing masks. Nope. No, it's wild. Yeah, it's wild. And I saw Walmart. Walmart just said across the board that making everybody wear a mask. So get ready. There's going to be a lot of people put on YouTube in the next few weeks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I wanted to ask you just a little bit about your early on career. So is it true you only got into – you only got one offer coming out of high school? Uh, the first offer I had was Louisiana Tech. And and then and then I had um, Arkansas State. Because the two guys from my high school that came to recruit, uh, Trey Reed and outside Richmond, both went on a recruiting trip, and they both committed. Then they ended up going to Arkansas State. Larry Lacewell was a longtime scout with the Cowboys and was real good friends with Jerry Jones, was the head coach at the time. So they went to Arkansas. They ended up going to Arkansas State. Now, I did have some offers in basketball. Oh, really? I went to basketball camp when, uh, at UC, University of Arkansas when Pippen came out, and I had uh, UCA, Southeast Missouri. I don't think he told me all my offers in basketball, but in football, Louisiana Tech was the first offer I had. And uh, and uh, I, when I left basketball camp after my junior year, I knew UCA had already pretty much offered me. But you know, I took the football scholarship. So you said you knew Pippen growing up. Well, Pippen was a senior in college when I came out. Oh wow! So I, knew, I knew. Yeah, everybody knew who he was. But That's wild. He was, a star. he was real good. He was a star, and uh, you know, we had a lot of good campers up there, and uh, I had a real good camp. So That's awesome. Uh, 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 you know, I really loved basketball too. Yeah, that's awesome. And then, so what? What? When did you decide that you were going to kind of lean towards the route of going football? Well, when I finished high school, I wanted to take a scholarship out in the offer, and uh, my grades were decent. I had like a two eight, so my ACT score was not the best. I didn't, I didn't do as well as I should have. So, uh, you know, it was, it was a uh, scholarship or military. We, we, you know, oh, wow. so that was, that was when you're eighteen, it was time to leave. So, it was yeah. time for me to go. And so what was your first experience like when you got to Louisiana Tech? Man, I got there on a recruiting trip, and uh, they didn't know if I was playing football or basketball because I was about <laughs> 25. So, uh, in fact, my roommate, Doug Evans, ended up uh, not getting uh, uh, not going to the combine, and he ran a 4-3-7. He got drafted by Green Bay in the sixth round and played 11 years. So we had him playing safety at Tech. Oh, wow. And they moved him to the corner in the NFL. But uh, – we uh we had we had some real good coaching staff and I got there on a recruiting trip and went and saw those to me that was like Alabama when I saw those facilities and we were going Division One so it was exciting and uh we had some good players and we uh we had a real good program so I got there and uh 
88 and in 89 we went division one and you know we played against some real good competition and uh we we had some uh we had some good teams we played on the road a lot but we were tough who's the toughest guy you had to you had to block in uh in college college i mean it was some schools uh auburn was tough i had a real good game against curry when alabama won the last jump in 92 but uh you know, college was pretty good. I mean, it, it might have been some guys. I can't really remember that. That nobody really got after me a lot at college. Maybe when I was a little younger, but in college, I was, uh, you know, I was, I was pretty good. And then, so was the NFL on your radar like early on in college? No, no, was no NFL. I mean, I almost kept playing basketball. It was first of all they moved me to the offensive line. Well, I played tackle in high school too, but I'm two twenty, two thirty. So they told me you're gonna be three hundred pounds one day. And I said you were crazy, and I didn't think so. <laughs> But uh, no, NFL, I was just happy to get a scholarship. There wasn't a lot of guys going pro. If got like uh, when I was there in 90, we had uh, uh, Eddie Brown, Antonio Brown's dad. Oh, wow. Junior college. Yeah, he's a real good player. He played in the Arena League a long time, but he got a trial with Arizona. Um, Derek Douglas got a trial with Cleveland, made the parking squad for a couple of years. Lionel Sanders, the linebacker, made it in the league. So guys even getting, make, getting free agency trials and coming back on campus. I mean, they were like big. That was like a big thing for us to see those guys come back. And we're talking about just getting the free agents, yeah. free agents trial, not even getting drafted. So, and then lo and behold, we have the class of '92, and four of us get drafted. And the Falcons awesome. made it to the league. So, if, if you if the if the NFL was on your radar, what was your plan after college? Uh, that's a good question. I don't know <laughs> what my plan was after college. Uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, uh, uh, I was playing ball and. Uh, was going to summer school, so I, I really wasn't no course to uh, get my degree. I needed about five classes, oh, but wow. you asked a good question. I mean, I was uh, <laughs> we were on the quarter system, so if you know quarter semester is two semesters. Yeah. Quarter system is ten weeks, ten weeks, three different quarters, right? So if you goof off one quarter, you kind of get behind the eight ball because you 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 can only take eight hours at the full load. It's only twenty four hours. Semester you need thirty six. You don't need as many hours on the quarter system. So uh, I would end up going to summer school, some, you know, to make sure I had my hours and be eligible. But uh, if you got behind, they crammed a lot of information. If you got behind, it was tough to, tough to catch up on the quarter system. Interesting. And then so who was the first person that kind of brought the idea of playing in the NFL to you that said, like, you, you, you got a shot? I, I mean, I knew after my red shirt sophomore year, we played, we went eight and three. It was one of the best teams in tech history. Eddie was on that team and uh, Bobby Slaughter. Okay. Uh, myself, uh, uh, Myron Baker, who played in the league, Doug Evans. Uh, we had some good mix of vet and Juco guys and prop guys and Artie Smith who went pro. So we went 8-3 and three and played Maryland in the Pennis Bowl, and I played pretty good. That, that year we uh, beat Colorado State at home. That year Auburn was ranked number five. We had the number two offense in the country, and we uh, they kicked the field goal to beat us at Auburn, wow. and they were the number five team in the country. So. We knew we were good. We had a lot of talent, a mixture of guys, and uh, we played Maryland to a tie, and after that red shirt saw me, I was probably about 270, 275. I knew if I, uh, you know, I, I knew I was big and fast, you know, and uh, and was athletic, and I knew it wasn't probably a lot of guys in the country that were going to be faster than me for yeah. my size. So, I I mean, they told me if I took care of my business that uh, I was going to have a chance to go pro. And after my junior year, I got an invitation to the Hula Bowl after my junior year. Before my senior, I had an invitation to the Hula Bowl. So, 
you know, I was I was I thought about leaving my red shirt junior year, but I'm, I'm glad I stayed. And speaking of being big, big and fast, what do you think a guy like Makai Becton come out of Louisville? Oh man, he was moving, wasn't he? Six seven and then three sixty, three seventy. I was like, he got where? I was like, yeah. Uh. <laughs> I, will, I, I will say this: if he's gonna play left tackle or play a long time, he even as big as he is, he probably needs to lean down. Probably about 15, 20 pounds. Probably a good weight for him to be about three forty. You know, Ogden was a big. Ogden was bigger than that, but Ogden wasn't heavier than three forty when he played. You know what I mean? And he was six eight and a half. Yeah. And so, what? So, what was your kind of like your draft process like? Because I saw you at a great combine that kind of put you more on the radar. But what, yeah, what, what? well, going into my seat after my junior year, I got invited to the Hula Bowl. A bunch of uh, Lincoln, uh, Washington, that won the national championship and won the Rose Bowl in '91. Lincoln probably should have come out his junior year. Lincoln Kennedy was the man going into the senior year, like the one that was supposed to be top five pick or this or that. So. Uh, Going to my senior, I said, oh, okay, Lincoln Kennedy's the man. All the rest of us had like a combine rating that was about a third, second, third round pick, about four or five linemen. We're grouped together. Yeah. So I was like, well, I need to go out and have a good senior year. Uh, and I, what can I do to separate myself away from the pack? And uh, after my, I had a good senior year, we only went, we went five or six. We were independent. So even though we went five or six and I was coming from Louisiana Tech, I was still an All-American and running oh. for the outman. So um, I go I go to the combine. Lincoln's hurt. Lincoln was at the hula ball in the Shrine game, but he didn't play or whatever. So at the combine, he didn't work out. So when I got to the combine, my whole mindset was to run a good 40 times, to lift well, you know, ride, jump, all that stuff across the board. But I think my 40 time for my size was what was what they saw, what, 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 what ended up making me be. I want to pick ahead of Lincoln. I went eight, Lincoln went nine. Oh, cool. And so what teams were kind of showing interest in you before the combine? Uh, they were saying anywhere from five to ten. So uh, uh, Cincinnati was, I think, five, and Cleveland was six, somewhere in Tampa. And then you had Chicago at seven, and they took uh, Curtis Conway, who's married to Leila Ali now. And, oh, I know uh, that. Yeah, Curtis Conway was received from USC. Yeah. So I was anywhere from five to eight. And the guy, Alabama, in the, in the getting drafted to five was Colt Curry, who I played very well against. The two, so the two defensive ends from Alabama went back-to-back, five or six. Then uh, Curtis Conway, then uh, Detroit had the eighth pick. And uh, the scouts from the Saints had really been watching me. Hokey Gajon and, 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 and was a great great guy. Uh, uh, he passed away, but he he was friends with my line coach. Okay. You got to understand that Tech, we had Petey Perot, who my line coach played. For Dick Vermeer, I played for Dick Vermeer, and he played for the Saints two years. Steve Insmiger, the coordinator for the LSU, was our offensive coordinator. Pat Tilly was our receivers coach. Uh, uh, Mike Barber used to help with the tight ends, who was a pro. So a lot of our staff were pros, and we ran a pro set offense. And at that time period, most of the college were running the flex mode or wishbone with three running back sets, so guys couldn't pass block. All we did was spread the ball around the pass block and, and zone block and pull for the counter, both the guard and set the tackle. So we ran a lot of pro-style stuff that we were running at Louisiana Tech, so it really helped us. So um, they had been watching me, and uh, La Tech traded Pat Swilling, who was defensive player of the year the year before, an all-pro to Detroit, and that's how I'm going to the Saints. Wow. Do you think they must have been watching you while you were playing at Louisiana Tech because you were so close? Yeah, they had watched because I'd been up there, and they used to have training camp at Rustin a couple years before that. So I think they had been keeping an eye on me and uh, – and it's ironic that Jim Fink's Hall of Fame uh, general manager drafted me. I was his last draft pick. 
Oh, wow. And I never got a chance to meet him. He got sick and died that oh, year. Wow, that's interesting. That's that. And then so a lot of history, a lot of history there. And, right. and I was the first Louisiana player drafted in the first round by the Saints. Not really? From, from Louisiana Tech, I was the first Louisiana that's player wild. drafted awesome. in the first round. That's awesome. And then so did you? Was the draft in New York that year? Huh? Did they have the draft in New York? It was like the live, the live. Everything? Yeah, we were like the first one, the first draft. I was in New York. We went to New York, and Irv, I remember Irv Smith was there. Who son plays with Minnesota yeah. now, and the Saints had the 20th pick, so they took her with the 20th pick, but I was an eight pick, so I'd already taken the number one jersey. So <laughs> you're still mad that I got that jersey, but uh, so yeah, I was in New York with my family and friends. We were at the New York uh, Marriott Marquis Hotel. Oh, cool! And uh, you know, my parents were there, my sister, and my sister Mary got real emotional because Cincinnati was saying, "Don't draft me," booing and stuff, and she was upset because she's like, "Well, why? Why are they upset with you when they don't know you?" She didn't like the process, but uh, it all worked out. And uh, I, I ended up going eighth, but uh, we went out and had a good time in New York with my friends, and uh, and that, that was a special time. And then, so and then, so what was your first experience like when you kind of got to the Saints? Uh, I got there for mini camp, and um, it was very hot, <laughs> and uh, probably wasn't in the best condition. And I think uh, Coach Moore didn't know me, and they knew I was the first pick, first round pick. And I think the first time they saw me lumbering around, because it's hot, he's like, he saw me walking out of the practice field. He said, uh, he said, shit, is this guy injured or what's wrong with him? So, you know, when it's hot and I'm out there on the field, they said they used to call me the Duke in college, because I started walking sideways and all this stuff, but I would take off running. So he was like, he more was, was concerned about me until I got there on the practice field. And then he saw that I, you know, I was gonna be all right. What were the local? What was the media, local media saying when you got selected by New Orleans? Were they uh, happy with the pick, or they're like they took the wrong guy? Uh, you know, it was a little pressure on me because Pat Swilling they got traded. Yeah. It wasn't necessarily about them picking me. It was about they traded Pat Swilling yeah. and broke up the Dome Patrol. Yeah. And those linebackers had been the four consecutive Pro Bowls together: Pat, Von Johnson, Sam Mills, and Ricky Jackson. Ricky's in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Who, who I played played with and played against. Uh, uh, you know, they, they were. They were the group and in in, in took the Saints to the playoffs, and they were the group that started the notoriety and started bringing some uh, attention to New Orleans. So I think it was more they broke up that Dome Patrol. And uh, my, my main thing was getting in camp on time. I wanted to get in camp on time, learn the system, and get a chance to start. And I played every down my rookie year. That's awesome. What do you think that since, like, with all the stuff going on now with the pandemic, what do you, for all the rookies that are kind of getting – I think they're getting uh, – they're going to be getting to camp in the next few days. What do you think they've missed out on since everything's been virtual up till now? They didn't miss out on a lot. All they missed out on was mini camps. As long as they get in camp on time and they start camp on time and they, and they test as much as they can, yeah. they'll be fine. They got to learn the system. They got to practice. You, you know, they didn't get a chance. Usually you get to go up there – they do what they did. They missed out after a certain date. They get to go up there for the rest of the summer and learn stuff. So they, they didn't get to get to meet their teammates, get to know them, and they didn't get to practice any. So I'll say that's the only thing. And I think they cut out all of the preseason. So I'd be careful. You know, when you cut out the preseason and you go straight to regular season, yeah. unless you're a vet, you're young guys, you got to really watch your body and watch stuff because you get a lot of injuries. When you have a, unless they get a chance to practice a lot, yeah. you get a lot of injuries and like Achilles and different pulls and stuff because you got to practice and get out in that heat and run around with those pads on. So that's the only thing I'd be worried about the fact that these guys haven't been able to practice and they're not playing in the preseason game. No. And when you don't, in the preseason games, get you ready for the regular season game, get your 
inducing and the cardio ready for the for the regular season, right? So these guys are basically going to be getting in shape. Those first two or three games of the preseason of the regular season are going to be getting them in yeah. shape for the rest of the year because you don't have any preseason football. Yeah, no, yeah, because I know I saw that um, uh, Kelvin Harmon on Washington. I guess just maybe he was wasn't ready, and I think he tore up his knee, and he's out for the year. And I think that's just yeah. you know start seeing that because a lot it's going to be really interesting. And so, what's your do you think the season's going to start on time? Uh, I, I hope so. I mean, but like you said, I mean, it's it's different between running around with tennis shoes on yeah. than running around with pads and cleats on. You know what I mean? Your body is you have you got weight on you. It's all the talking and moving and stuff. So it's, you know, that's why it's pro football. I mean, not everybody can do that. So yeah. you got to, you, you, your body has to get used to it. And the only thing I worry about is they haven't put on the pads and done it for a while. Yeah. You know, making sure that body can, th- these big guys, you, if you remember, um, there's Brian towards Achilles when he went to New Orleans. Yep. He hadn't played football in a while. He was a little heavy. And he was running around with cleats on, and he had been playing a lot of basketball. Well, that's not helping you with football. That's why they told Mahomes he can't play basketball. He can't do certain things. You need to be doing football-type activity, even without the pads on. And then we laugh at Tom Brady, but it's kind of smart how he trains. You see him with the shoulder pads and all that stuff on when he's working out? Because basically, he's always training with his body with stuff on similar to uh, enactment of a foot being on a, being in a football practice on a football game. So when he puts everything on, it, it's it's the same because he's got cleats and he's got shoulder pads on. Even though he doesn't have the pants on, he's still running around with cleats and shoulder pads. So his body is used to doing it. Yeah, no, I think it's probably, the, probably all the, the the cleats and he had the pads on. He was getting chased by that lady at the park, and then he ran into the wrong the wrong house and went to the offensive yeah. coordinator. Can you imagine if you if Tom Brady just burst through your front door? I can't I can't picture that. I think about my bad. <laughs> I'd be wanting to take a picture with him and get an autograph with him. Man. Yeah. I'd be pulling out anything I had to get him signed. I know that, I know his autograph's worth a lot of money. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. then he, he, he can sign your 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 fruit part. Your uh, your your uh, we call them what is it, the avocado ice cream too. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's wild. And then so when you get when you first so when training camp starting out, were you kind of trying to make a name for yourself, knowing that you're kind of that you're not directly, but you were sort of replacing like a very a fan favorite, and there you're like I gotta I gotta got to earn their respect. Was that kind of on the back of your mind, or were you just ready to play? Yeah, well, weird story. They had picked up a guy named Tootie, Rob, Tootie uh, Robbins uh, from, I think it was Green Bay or Arizona, and they signed him to a one-year deal. At that time, he gave him a half-million-dollar signing bonus, which was a lot of money. That's a lot of money now. A lot of money back in 1993. Well, he wasn't used to doing all the banging we did at training camp because he was at a team where they took care of because he had been, it was his 13th year. He had been in the league for a year. So he had a trick shoulder and popped it out. So I ended up starting the first preseason game because Tootie was hurt. And I was practicing with Ricky and those guys every, every day. So uh, I ended up starting that preseason game, and they saw that I could play. They ended up cutting him. Really? He went back, he went back to his old team, played that last year, so he got the signing bonus, went back, made another million-some dollars, and then he retired. So <laughs> when they saw me in the preseason game, they felt comfortable enough because we played in the Japan Bowl. We had five preseason games that year. So they felt comfortable enough to let him go, and then I ended up starting. What, what was the and Japan? Right, right tackle. What was the Japan? I've been hearing about that a lot, but they don't. They don't we the Japan ball in Tokyo. We would go to teams would go to Japan, and we played Philadelphia Eagles. So I played Reggie White. I scrimmaged Reggie, and I played Reggie White my rookie year. He didn't play a lot in the Japan ball, but I played in my rookie year 
in, in on the field too. Uh, but uh, but uh, back then it was five preseason games. Now now they go to the Hall of Fame game. But at yeah. that point they went to we went the team went to the Japan. We flew all the way to Japan from Minnesota, fifteen <laughs> hours in the daylight. Got off the plane. I remember this because because we left when it wasn't dark. It was daylight the whole trip over. You have to leave at night, right? So it's dark outside. But it wasn't. So I didn't sleep well. I've never been on a plane like that in my life. As soon as we get off the plane to Japan, we go to the practice field and we run around. So we, they wanted to get you running and get you moving around. So you're tired and out of it. Me and Irv, Irv Smith were roommates. We got back to the room and they said we had a day off the next day. We almost missed the meeting. I, we, I slept for about 24 hours straight. Wow. I, I was, my body to adjust to that everything. I slept for like a day. That's what. Is there, did they get a lot of good turnout there? I don't know there's much of an NFL fan base out there. No, it wasn't a lot. It wasn't a big turnout, but um, the NFL had to deal with them because at that time too, the colleges used to go over there and play in the Japan Bowl. Nebraska played in the Japan Bowl that year, so they had a deal. They were going to Japan and, and playing over there, uh, and guys used to go sumo wrestling with the guys and the college guys. So they had some deal, and they they ended it soon after that. But uh, I think guys like going over there. I just remember the vets were going out, having a good time, and doing stuff. And I didn't even—I didn't leave the hotel. I went to practice. I came back to the hotel. I laid up in the room. I got some rest. I mean, I wasn't trying to do anything, but I was. My body—I was just adjusting to all the practicing and everything else. But uh, I don't. Re- I just remember it was a long trip, and I was ready to get back home. Yeah, because if you—if you take the wrong turn, you go on the wrong street. It's gonna be hard finding directions because people are gonna be like, they're not gonna know what you're yeah, talking oh, about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so that, and then so that rookie year, when did you kind of like? What, was there an adjustment period for you, or you, did you kind of get the get? Did Louisiana Tech kind of prepare you to kind of take it? I down? was prepared physically, and I was prepared mentally. I went the blitzing and some of the stuff was a little diff, difficult. I, just learning the system and learning the blitz packages and different things and how they blitzing the pros and all the sub packages was an adjustment for me when you're learning the system. But uh, other than that, you know, as far as athletically and me. Uh, Playing, I had a good year. I had a good, real good rookie year. I only gave up, I think, a couple shots. And, uh, you know, uh, I, I was alternate to the Pro Bowl my rookie year. So I got off to a good start my rookie year. And uh, the next year I moved to left. You know, so I went from right to left the next year. That's awesome. You, you see many alligators down there? They're all over New Orleans. No, nah, no. Nah, you know, we don't We don't live on the – we lived on, on the golf community with a bunch of little ponds. We used to see them a little bit then. But now we live on a regular community with no ponds, so we don't see any alligators. Interesting. I was wondering, like, just walking around. Apparently yeah, but you will see them. You will see them. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, we're, we're moving by the water, so we're moving by the salt water. Oh, I don't cool. think they can get in salt water. I hope not, but I don't yeah, think they, they, get, they I don't they think they can get in the intercoastal because it's salt water. If they can, you better watch out. That's the thing. Yeah, you <laughs> got to watch out. I <laughs> think awesome. crocodiles might be able to. No alligators. They're every, yeah, some, everything. It's, it's them, we get crocodiles, alligators, get murder hornets, everything coming all over. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, you saw the, you saw I saw the woman in minute the other day went in there to get her per- her wallet out the thing with the alligators and her son was running around with her. No, I didn't see that. In like an alligator pit, it was crazy thing. I saw the video today. It's from some home camera, and I guess the people just had it kind of positioned at their front door, and all of a sudden you see the door burst open and a, a bear walked in. I'm like, yeah, I'm leaving. Yeah, I saw it. I saw it was like it was like in, in the screen. It was like yeah. in class. I saw that. Yeah, I saw it. That's what. So who was the who was the toughest uh, pass rusher you, you faced your rookie year? Reggie White, strongest. It was another guy from uh, from uh, Houston that was very strong. He played for North Carolina. I forget his name. He was a defensive end. Uh, he was a real good, real strong guy. 
but Reggie White uh, was a was a great was outside of being a, a great football player, he's a great human being. But uh, he was the strongest guy I think I ever played against. Who do you think's the closest we've seen to Reggie White since he played? You know, Reggie wasn't real real quick, so they didn't run a lot of twists. I would say J.J. Watts, but J.J. Watts is a lot more athletic. Yeah. You know, I, I I think he's pretty strong. But Reggie, they would line him up and down the line and go around. And, and, and the power he had, I would say a guy that disrupts and similar to him, as big as him, if you wanted to say in a defensive tackle form, it might be somebody like Chris Jones. Really? Power With the power. You know, he's inside, but he's athletic and he's big and strong. He, you know. He's, he's, he's a guy that's tough to deal with, but he's not on the outside. On the outside, let me think of a big, big, strong outside pass guy. I don't Right now, I don't know if there's anybody like Reggie out there that, that's that big, that's got that flower. More guys are more athletic and more moving around more, you know, it's, you know, a little different. But some of them, but, you know, the power he had was, was tough. But I would say, you know, Chris Jones is a big athletic, but he's in the D tackle, but he's a big D tackle. And since you played with the Saints for so long, do you, do you think Cam Jordan has slept on? Yeah, I do think he slept on. I think Cam's an excellent player. I think he made All-Pro. He finally made All-Pro last year. He told me before he was mad he didn't make All-Pro a couple of times because he thought he deserved it. I think Cam Jordan has, has put together a solid career. Yeah. And uh, he doesn't get quite the recognition he deserves, no. but, you know, he's a, he's a great player. And then what are you expecting from the Saints this year? Because you had, you, had, uh, you had some talent. You got um, Emmanuel Sanders added to compliment Michael Thomas. Looks loaded. I think they're the best team that I've seen. I think the Saints are, 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 are going to be tough to deal with in their seat because, because of the continuity and they know each other and they've been playing together for so long. I think that gives them total advantage. And adding somebody else on the offensive end is going to help them. You know, and I think they added somebody on the defensive backfield. I think they had oh, they got um, what's his name, Malcolm Jenkins. They got Malcolm Jenkins back from who started with them from Philly. So I think the Saints would be, if you want to say NFC, I think the Saints are one of the top two or three in the NFC because they because everybody's going to jump right into the regular season. So what happens is any team that can jump out and get a and start off three and 0 four and 0 five and 0 or start off with a good run, then they're gonna because because you don't you don't get one one team gets a buy. Remember, it used to be two teams. The Chiefs got it because oh, yeah. because of the game with with the Patriots last year losing to Miami. So that's how they got it. Yeah. But only two teams got a buy. Only one team gets a buy. So the the most important thing, if you want to get home field, is for, because it's going to be three wild card games instead of two on on that first week. So the team that gets that home field advantage throughout the playoffs is going to be very good. So I give I get the Chiefs. Watch out for the watch out for the. Uh, for um, the the Ravens are gonna be real tough. Yeah. Tampa has got a lot of talent. I just don't know because Tom hadn't been there before. A new system and everything might be a little tougher. You know, in the NFC, let me see. You know, I'm looking at uh, Philly. I'm looking at Philly. I'm looking at the Saints. I'm looking at the Ravens and the Chiefs. It's gonna be tough to deal with in the AFC. And speaking of, speaking of the Ravens, so like a guy like Lamar Jackson is a guy that athletic. Is it harder to block for him because he can be everywhere? It's harder, but it's a blessing in too because he can escape stuff when you might get beat or thing or a play breaks down. He can improvise, so that makes it great. You just don't want to see him doing too much and get hurt. No. But I didn't block for anybody that that I blocked for guys that were stationary. They couldn't move, so I had to protect them longer. So 
that makes it tougher. But with a guy like him, he makes the job easier most of the time because he can move around and escape and get away from stuff. Definitely. Definitely. And so you're making Pro Bowl, Pro, Pro Bowl after Pro Bowl after Pro Bowl. What was this, like, the secret to your continuity? How did you say so durable? Blessed. Um, you know, in 96, I got hurt. I had missed a game, and I told my MC I missed a few games. After that, I came back and I played, and I really wasn't out a lot. I had a scope. I missed a week when I had a scope in 98. I really didn't miss anything else a lot till I uh, tore my ACL before I got traded. And then when I got to Kansas City, I didn't miss a game for three years. So, That's awesome. Uh, you know, we, we staying in shape, you know, uh, around that 97 season, I really learned how to take care of my body. You know, I really went to Duke and trained. Before I went to Kansas City, I was the knee surgeon. I went back to Duke and trained and did the t- make sure my body, you know, mentally you want to make sure your body's going to hold up. And a lot of luck, a lot of luck goes involved with being able to play a long time and play at a high level. So uh, I was just uh, blessed that my body was able to withstand and, and be durable. And I think I think getting off the turf, getting on the grass in Kansas City, that was a major factor in me playing at that level for the next four years with those guys that we were on that grass. Cut real short, the grass gives a lot more. It's, it's, I don't care if it's even field turf, that grass is, gives a lot more than any, than any other surface. Is it true that the, 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 I don't even know if it's turf or grass, the field at FedEx in D.C., I heard it's not good at all. Do you remember anything, is anything vivid about that? Is it field? grass? I don't remember what it is, but I know they say it's like it's horrible to play on. Well, it, it, it's, it's horrible if it's not maintained, it's not taken care of properly. Yeah. Yes, it can be. Yeah. But like I said, we, the good thing about Kansas City, Denver was on grass. Oakland was on. Oakland had terrible grass. It was long. It was choppy. You had to put on certain cleats. I just like wearing rubber molds. I didn't like wearing them long spikes because it would get my back tight. Denver had long grass. Kansas City was short in a harder field, so they didn't like that. It was harder on other guys. We had a short, harder field. It was a running field. Those other fields were longer and thicker, and, and you had a long cleat in them. But Denver was on grass. Oakland was on grass. And uh, San Diego was on grass. So everybody in our division was on grass. Oh, cool. So that really helped, helped you with your body. And so I saw that you said that if you you said that if you hadn't played in Kansas City, you didn't think you'd make it to Canton. Maybe eventually, because you got to remember, I had been to seven Pro Bowls. I've been to a couple. I had made an All Decade team, and I had been an All Pro for three for a few years. When I went to Kansas City, I made two or three All Pros, and I went to four more Pro Bowls. Yeah. So when you put me at eleven, yeah. that's tied with the most for Ogden and and uh, and uh, and. Uh, and uh, Munoz. Yeah. If I hadn't gone to Kansas City, it's like it's like it's like the same thing with Cam right now and Antonio Brown. Yeah. It's usually after nine years. I played nine years. Antonio Brown. Look at his stats. He's been to seven Pro Bowls. I think he's uh, he's been All Pro so many times. Now I think he'll get in the Hall. I think I would have gotten the Hall because of the decade team and the All Pros. I don't know if I would be in the Hall yet because look at Richmond Webb. He's not in the Hall. He went to seven Pro Bowls. Yeah. Look at uh, Baselli. He's not in the pro, pro Hall of Fame. You know, now for a lineman, you need really nine, ten plus Pro Bowls and at least three or four All Pros on your resume to get in the Hall. I mean, you, you then. I mean, you need the All Pros. If you don't have the All Pro Bowls and All Pros are different. You need some All Pros yeah. under your resume, and I got a few more All Pros, and that's why I got in on that second ballot. And so how how did your move to Kansas City come about? Well, if you don't know the history, um, 
I was going through a tough time in New Orleans and I had the knee injury. I was still trying to play. I asked about going on in my personal life. And um, and uh, it was similar to college. Uh, I, I had surgery after Thanksgiving because I didn't know my knee was torn up because it was torn at the top. So I played a couple of games with a torn ACL in New Orleans. You know, they're going to put you out there if they think you're healthy, you can play. Um, I went and saw Dr. Andrews, the famous doctor, yeah. had surgery. Um, because of other reasons, nobody really wanted to touch me. So Kent, I said, I have a daughter in Denver. I'd like to go play in Denver. Kansas City offered me a, a deal. Really, Kansas City was the only deal I had. So it's kind of like leaving high school. Kansas City was the only team that really wanted to touch me. When I left, I went to Kansas City and um, ended up playing on that great offensive line with, with Brian Waters, Casey Wegman, Will Shields, other Hall of Famer, and John Tate. Uh, and uh, we had the best offense in the league. So. Uh, it was a blessing to go up there and block for Priest and those guys. That was a lot of fun. How, how, how happy were you to use it when they won the Super Bowl in February? I'm very happy, man. I was happy because I, I played there. I know how passionate the fans there. It's been 50 years, uh, so they deserve it. And Mahomes and, and those guys, I think now, you know, we were a little wilder back in the 90s. Everything wasn't on social media. We got away with more stuff. I think a lot of these kids are good young men. They're not out here doing this st- stuff. And, uh, you know, I'm happy to see guys like uh, Hill get his stuff together and make yeah. sure he turn, 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 turn his image around, Tariq Hill. And uh, like I said, uh, I was so happy that Kansas City got that ring. I wish Lamar Hunt was allowed to see it. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you, know, you, you, you know, you know, your ownership and everything is, is different. You know, when I was in Kansas City, when, when there was a draw, the Mahomes would come in there in the locker room and be shaking our hands. Really? Clark Hunt does that now. That's the every game Clark Hunt's in that locker room, shaking players' hands. I had never seen that before from my owner. Really? Yeah. So when you have an owner that's down there doing that, it makes you want to play harder. It makes you appreciate it more. Yeah. In, in Kansas City, they want they, they you know, it's a lot of clicking and a lot of ego. So for instance, if I'm all pro, I'm a lot of teams, guys like that are pro bowl or whatever. They're not going to hang out with guys that are not in the Pro Bowl. They're not going to hang out with guys that aren't making millions. Well, in Kansas City, it was all inclusive and it was that bond. And uh, it was special, you know. And they, they try to keep it like a family atmosphere. That's how Kansas City keeps it. Family atmosphere. Keep everybody close together. Let's, let's get the egos out of here. And let's go out here and play football. And when you play up in Kansas City, it was more like a college field than an NFL field in that stadium. So, you know, that makes that made it special. And it was uh, – you know, because, you know, you got to cut. You want to be a good football team, you got to be close on and off the field. Sometimes it'll work, but sometimes the ego's getting away. Yeah. Did you go to the game? It's probably so close to you. The Super Bowl? Did you, did you go in February? No, I went, we went to the after party. We were down oh, in cool. Miami. I did not go to the game, but we went to the after party. You know, that's when they said the coronavirus really kicked off. Yeah. Yeah, so we were down there. We do the taste of the NFL every year. So we get to go and stay in the hotel. We do the taste on Saturday night where you take pictures and you hug and you shake hands with everybody and, you know, you do all this stuff. So we hung out and had a real good time. I met my wife in Kansas City. She's a huge Chiefs fan. So we got to go to the after party and hang out with some of the players. Uh, 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 Coach was there. The owner was there. Uh, Ant-Man is a big Chiefs fan. He was there. Paul, he's on Paul Rudd? Huh? Paul Rudd was over there? Yeah, Paul Rudd was there with his kid. And, uh, and uh, huge Chiefs fan. He dressed like Andy Reid every week. Ed Stone Street loves the Chiefs. 
Eric Stone Street was at the party. That's but wild. Paul, yeah, we had a great time. That's awesome. Were you happy to see Mahomes get that big contract? Very, very happy. I mean, it really is a fair deal. You got to oh, think yeah. about it. Uh, this is tw- it's two years left on the deal. So it spreads out his signing bonus and cap number over a 12-year period. When you get when you get a one year deal or whatever, and then you try to get a new contract, that's that. Especially what's called trying to get like like that trying to get a short, short contract, it hurts the salary cap. It's too much money. When you spread it out like that, that gives the team a lot of flexibility. And in about five or six years, they can go and restructure to help him some more. So he's not going anywhere. He's going to be a chief until they don't want him anymore, which he won't. And you you're living in Kansas City. The cost of living is is not bad. So he's already bought a nice house in Mission Hill. Yeah. I mean, what do you need? He, he's flying on private jets free. Anyway, he goes to Kansas City. You think he's paying for any food? No. <laughs> no. I, saw the, I, I saw the thing. I think it was – I want to say it was the week of the AFC Championship. Remember that story that came out of him and his, him his girlfriend? I don't know if it was now, but, but I remember they were at some restaurant, and everybody at, or in the restaurant, of course, knew who he was. And, yeah. of course, and nobody said anything to him because they knew, like, all right, big game, don't want to bother him. Yeah, yeah, and he yeah, walked yeah, out, and he paid for everybody, and he paid for the whole restaurant. Wow. Yeah, so like that's that's awesome. And I think it's, 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 it's so cool. That's that's awesome, and that's that's wild. So and also I saw that with his deal, they think in like five years he won't be the top high, the, the, the highest paid quarterback. They think that the cap's gonna go up so much. Yeah, so, but he don't. In five years, is he gonna carry? In five years, he will. What you gonna make? Two hundred fifty million <laughs> plus endorsements. He's getting yeah. crazy. He's making money off the field, you know. Yeah. And uh, and uh, and he did a deal with Nebraska Furniture Mart, which is a big store in. Uh, he did a deal. He, he did some signings or did something with him and did a commercial with him. Oh, cool. He got all the furniture free. He, like I said, he got, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't have to pay for anything. You know, he doesn't have to pay for a car. He can drive whatever dealership. Mahomes, we'll give you a car to drive. Yeah. If, if you yeah. see, so, you see somebody, if you see somebody drive a car and it's Patrick Mahomes, that's advertising. So. And, and, and they got, their, they got their plate on it with dealership. Everybody's gonna want to go get that, go to that dealership. Cause yeah. Patrick Mahomes driving. Yeah. So. So yeah, I mean, he's a good young man, like I said, and uh, you know, I, I wish I, I look forward to meeting him. I never met him. I met Kelsey. I met some of those guys. Uh, you know, I met the, the linemen are very respectful. Toronto Armstead and New Orleans and I are good friends. Some of those guys. That's so, awesome. You know, I look forward to meeting him, but I, I hear great things about him. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. We got the same barber in Kansas City. Dewan. Dewan cuts everybody's hair. <laughs> shout out, shout out. That's why no, I saw because all the stuff in the NBA they flew in like ten different of like the best barbers in the country and apparently they're they're cleaning up down there. So oh yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> that's wild. And I go, I got um. So um, when did you kind of know it was time for you were kind of ready to retire? You know, my last my last year, I wanted to play one more year really, and uh, I was looking forward to trying to play one more year. I was banged up. I got banged up that last year. Tore my hamstring. Missed the game. Well, I thought I pulled it. Then I missed three games. Came back, played, missed another three games. And I was worried. I could have went back and, and, and played the next year, but I was worried my body wasn't going to hold up. And it was, and I played 13 years and went to four straight Pro Bowls. Yeah. And uh, unless we were really competing for a Super Bowl, I didn't want to go out there and, and let them boys start beating me and run around me. Because I played Freeney pretty good at the Human Yard and the markers where I got out to Freeney in that playoff game in 04. So, I had some good games against Freddie, and he was getting after some guys. Uh, he was getting after uh, Walter and uh, Ogden and some of them. So I'm like, you know, I, I had my my day and son, and I got to play Freddie at home you know, on the grass. So I'm like, I had my day and son. It's time to go. I, I want to go out on a good note. I got. I want to go out. Go out. Want, let them want more. 
And uh, in my last year, I got voted by the fans by Pitch Magazine as the most valuable player of the offense, and I oh. missed six games. So they realized how important I was to the team, and they really wanted me to come back. But uh, I went out on a high note, man. I went out and they wanted more. So I get a lot of respect in Kansas City. That's awesome. And then so what was it like when you finally got that call from Canton? Wonderful, man, because my dad was a part of that. My dad went up there with me. We got to go – I got to go do the coin toss at the Super Bowl. Oh, cool. When, uh, when, when the um, – I had to go get on the plane. Back then, it wasn't like a room like they do now where they knock on your door. If you got it, you got the car, you had to go to the airport right then and fly up. So I had to fly to Indianapolis. My dad flew up. I got to do the coin toss. Uh, uh, and then we met with uh, uh, Floyd Little, told us what to expect and all that in 012. But it was a great it was a great game because Brian Waterford played was with the Patriots and the Giants ended up beating him. Eli beat Tom twice and they ended up winning that football game. So it was a crazy game. So uh, it, it was a lot of fun. And uh, going to Ken and my dad being there, my dad being there and trying me, all uh-huh. the family. When, when you go in the hall, your, your family name goes in the hall. Yeah. So for years and years, that Rolf name, anybody will be able to go in that museum and be like, that's my great-grandfather, my uncle, my, my great-uncle, whatever. And I, and I have my third grandchild coming. So oh, cool. my name will live on in the Hall of Fame. When you when you got in and you saw all those guys, was there anybody you were starstruck by? I was starstruck going into going into going to the hall and being around Jim Brown and I was a huge Steeler fan growing up. So Mean Joe Green and and uh, Franco Harris and Jack Lambert, you know, all them guys. That was my team growing up. So That's awesome. you know, you be around. You know, I grew up watching football too. So all these guys I've been seeing on commercial, I watched play as a kid. A lot of them were still living. You know, Forrest Greg was still coming back then. So, you know, when you're around those, those type of guys and you hear them, you just want to soak up and listen to them, soak up the knowledge from those guys. That's awesome. So That's for me, I'm relatively young to be in the hall, you know. Yeah. Compared to, the, to when I got in at 40, 42 years old. That's awesome. That's, that's a cool. are, you, are you glad that they moved it next year so the fans can come? For the one for the enshrinement because they postponed the one from this year. I'm glad, yes, yes, I'm glad they postponed that. Get everything together. Next year's gonna be a heck of a year because then you got Peyton Manning's class coming in. So oh wow, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, you got two classes going in next year, so you got the Hall of Fame class, Peyton Manning's class. Then you got the Black uh, Hall of Fame class going in. This is gonna be uh, a long day. Uh, it's a long year. day. <laughs> well, no, they're gonna have two. They're gonna have different, different, different. Oh, okay. Uh, Different ceremonies, but it's going to be a lot of excitement around the hall next year. And they'll be a year longer when they're working on the whole Hall of Fame village and all the stuff they're doing. So it's going to be a tremendous, it's going to be a lot of excitement going into next year's hall. Absolutely. Yeah. That's it's going to be the best, biggest year ever. This, I can't wait. Yeah. Especially after everything's happened this year, just next year. Like everybody's like, 2020 is going to be a great year. They were wrong. Yeah. 2021. That's 2021. 2021 is going to be great. And then I just got one last question for you. So, um, what when everything's kind of safe to do and everything sort of goes going back to normal? What's the first thing you're looking forward to doing? My wife turns fifty. I look forward to going somewhere celebrating her birthday. That's awesome. That's awesome. You know, I haven't been on a plane. You know, nobody. I drove to Louisiana. I drove my daughter. I haven't flown anywhere, so I haven't been. You know, nobody's going anywhere, so I look forward to getting on a plane and. Uh, you know, getting away for for a few days. Absolutely, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, this has been a blast. And so, for people that don't follow you on social media, how can they find you? Find me at Willie underscore Rolf, Twitter and Instagram. 
So I look forward to your work. I'm on both, I'm on both platforms. Okay, and you can cool. see what we're up to and what we're doing. That's awesome. Well, this has been a blast. I really want to thank you again for taking the time. But this has been a ton of fun. Thank you. And that's Willie with IE. Willie underscore rope. Okay. All right, cool, cool, cool.